At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. podcast the podcast for cryptids and their keepers that's us and if you're listening it's you too i'm alex flanagan and i'm addison peacock (laughs) and this is if i am correct our well okay i guess if you're listening to it on the day we record it it is our last episode of 2017 if you are listening to it tomorrow which is not possible for you as a listener to be listening to at a time that is not the time that you're hearing it. Anyway, if you're listening to this anytime after the day that we record it, it's our first episode of 2018. Yes, it is. So here's hoping it's a good one. The year and the episode. Yes, I was like, I don't know which one. Yeah. Um, that whole thing was kind of weird. Maybe we should take another run at it. <laughs> Do you want to? This isn't a great start to 2018. <laughs> no, you know what? It's fine. I'm leaving that behind in 2017. This is the last step. <laughs> For me, it's the last episode of 2017. So I'm just trying to finish my year up with a bang. Get all the weirdness out now so that next year you've got a whole new cooler podcast coming. Get all way. the weirdness out. I hope you don't mean that you get to get all the weirdness out and you're going to be like that episode of SpongeBob where he tried to be normal and he had no more like pores and was all like. Strange. Oh, yeah. Starting next week, this is an episode about tax breaks. <laughs> oh, no. Hello. Welcome to our financial <laughs> advice podcast. Hi, I'm Alex Flanagan, and this is Addison Peacock, and we're here to talk to you about loans. <laughs> the pause <laughs> before the tilt of the head and the <laughs> loans was, did me in. All right. So I want to kick us off, Alex. Uh, you were the one who brought this one to my attention, so I'd love to start off. Since oh, yeah. We first things first, about... we don't have a specific cryptid recovery oh, this yes. week. I guess Addison should have said that. Oops, I didn't. What we are doing Oops, is all berries. We're, we're starting off our new year with a carefully curated, hand-selected, fair trade, all organic listener story episode. So instead of giving you all of our research on things that we have sort of looked into on this specific week, we are instead sharing with you some accounts that we've gotten from you guys out there. Yep, so we have kind of a little range of, like, personal stories, or, like, this happened to my mom, happened to my friend, or, like, even some of it's, like, this was a local, like, hometown legend. So it's, like, a fun little um, little uh, smorgasbord for you. Sorry, I should have said that at the beginning. I remembered that I knew, didn't remember that you didn't know. Um, <laughs> and so I, yes, basically, listener stories episode, wanted to kick off the year right, slash end the year right. I don't know, we're in a nebulous middle world. Uh, it's all very <laughs> strange. We're in... Purgatory. Nope. All right. So I have basically just, the way I've done this is I've taken all the ones I wanted to look at and I have put them all in a big email to myself. Love that. Uh, (laughs) Amazing technology that we have here in the year 2018. (laughs) The future is incredible. The future is amazing, you guys. Actually, I I have been getting messages from friends in Australia today letting me know 2018 is looking okay. Okay, good, good, good. I would love it, Alex, if you would kick us off uh, with this uh, one you brought to my attention, um, just a brief little Santa Claus sighting that you brought to my attention from our Twitter DMs. Um, 
Um, do you have a name on it? You didn't put a name I on it? I wasn't sure if the person, because it was a Twitter one. Right. So this is from one of our Twitter DMs, and I apologize if this is you and you want to get credit for it, you can give us your name and we'll tweet yeah. it out. Um, we I wasn't your... sure for the ones from Twitter, because especially when they didn't have an actual first name attached, I wasn't sure if you wanted us to blast your Twitter name out there or not. Uh, yeah, that's fair. So I just kind of left it at, like, if you hear your thing and you want credit, hit me up and Here let me know. Here we go. Know. So from All Twitter right. user Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter user Dougie asks, no. Hi there. Um, so the Santa podcast came out, and when Alex mentioned Santa sightings type thing, it reminded me of an experience as a child that was borderline, Santa is an alien. And I just had to pause and type this. So this is coming to you mid-episode from one of our previous episodes. Time is all over the place this mm-hmm. week. My oldest memories were when I lived on the East Coast. I remember on Christmas Eve, the only memory of the interior of the house I had was when I decided to catch Santa. I decided to stay on the couch near the tree and wait. I was so energetic waiting in the dark, then I remember staring out and suddenly there was light outside. A white light. I couldn't move. Then there were bubbles everywhere in the room, and I had the urge to sleep. Quickly, I closed my eyes and slept. I remember the feeling of not being able to move, so I just slept. (laughs) Then it was Christmas. I don't know if it was Santa, an alien, which I'm terrified of Grace, so no thanks. Santa is an alien or a child with an imagination, but that's my story. Thank you. And now I'll finish the rest of the episode. (laughs) I just love it. That was a really nice way to kick it off. Yeah, it was really great. Um, I really enjoyed that one a lot. It makes me very happy. And some of these get pretty in-depth and pretty long, too, just so you know. Um, I wanted to go ahead. um, So it was like a little Santa amuse boosh there for you. Yeah. I wanted to dive into one after this. Um, These were pulled from our messages, our Twitter DMs emails, and also I pulled some of these from, with permission, from the Facebook group. And so uh, up next, I wanted to share one from uh, actually um, a friend of uh, a friend of mine. I have appeared on uh, her podcast, Nightmare on Fear Street. This is from Meg Tutin, who shared in the Facebook group an encounter with uh, a Rokoro Kubi, which is, uh, she says, if you don't know... Spell it for us. R-O-K-U-R-O-K-U-B-I. Rokurokubi? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know, Rokurokubi is a yu- is a yokai who looks like a normal woman, but her neck goes really long at night. <laughs> so I took my nephew and his friend to a Green Day concert a couple months back, and my sister gave us a ride to, uh, to and from the place. We got out of the concert at like 10 p.m., maybe later, I don't remember, but we were in the car on the way to drop off my nephew's friend at his house, and we drove down this deserted street, and there was this really pale, dark-haired woman crossing the road who was wearing a white raincoat. That could have been any raincoat. Green Day fan. <laughs> <laughs> who was wearing a white raincoat and no shoes, and holding a plate, and the hood of her raincoat was pulled up, but her head was not under the hood. It looked really weird. I swear her neck looked way too long and kind of bent in a very unnatural way. It might have just been the creepy lighting, or the fact that her skin and raincoat were basically the same color. But my sister and I both saw her as we were driving away, and we both were like, you saw that too, right? This probably sounds shit on paper, but you know how sometimes you just get a vibe when you see something that's my story thanks for listening i like it again that could have been any green day fan <laughs> she was just looking at her phone that's why her neck was so weird <laughs> millennial no the hood was up but her head wasn't under the hood her head was so her neck was so long her head didn't fit under <laughs> yeah the no i know coat. i love it i know I love it. that's so creepy i'm just so creeped out uh, by that image. Love a few things about that one love the green day still doing concerts <laughs> yeah i didn't know they were <laughs> this isn't like an old story right this is like Recent, like she, I, I saw she posted. No, this she posted in the this group. in the Facebook group like a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. Like at maximum, this story is from like a year ago. At so, max. like as of a year ago, you could still get tickets to live Green Day shows. So get on that, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't know how much longer that's gonna last. I mean, maybe they're on break right now. Maybe they're on holiday. <laughs> anyway, I hope they have the time in their life. <laughs> 
So I have another one I pulled from the Facebook group. This was actually in the same thread, and I reached out. Yes, that's uh, this one's long though. That's fine. Okay. I can I can handle it. You can handle it. Thank you. Are I you can ready? read. Oh, I know you can <laughs> read. I just didn't want you to think I was deliberately saddling you with one where you had to read a lot of stuff. Okay, so this is from Margaret. <laughs> Thank you, Margaret. Okay, so this was on a study abroad trip in college. We had a free evening to do what we wanted, so my friend wanted to hit up a wine bar she'd heard about and gotten directions to from the internet. Solid. This was mid-January, so it was sort of the off-season for tourists, and the streets were pretty empty once the sun went down. For people who have never been, there are literally no cars in Venice, save for maybe a few specially made emergency vehicles, because the roads are all pretty narrow, and the majority of shops and walking paths take at least a partial route through the alleys between and behind buildings, which can be narrow as five or six feet wide. So it's already completely dark. It's cold AF. It's raining a bit. And we're wandering through the narrow side streets based on my friend's paper MapQuest instructions. Oh, oh do you remember MapQuest? I do I'm remember sorry, MapQuest map is the real crap. My dad still uses MapQuest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mr. Peacock. <laughs> He's afraid he doesn't trust the GPS. Okay. Uh, no cell service means no real-time GPS tracking, so you gotta MapQuest it. We eventually did find the wine bar only to find that it was only open during the spring and summer. <laughs> we were informed of this by a table of old Italian men who were closing out the cafe next door and were all drinking sangrias the size of their heads. And TBH, I think they were their own brand of benevolent cryptid, but I digress. <laughs> so dejected and wineless, we started heading back to the hotel based on some tips from the old guys on how to get back to the main street. So if the previous circumstances weren't creepy enough, the side streets and alleys are lit only by the occasional street lamp on every other corner or so. The three of us were huddling together out of cold and paranoia when we saw what looked like a corner with a street lamp coming up on our left. We thought maybe it was our turn, so we started angling towards it. But as we got closer, it turned out just to be a slight dip in the street facade where one building didn't reach back as far as the others. There was no actual street or exit. And right as we got up to the corner, there was a woman standing practically up against the wall of the little niche, in the sort of way you'd stand if you were waiting to jump out at someone. Her clothes looked pretty normal, I think, but I wasn't really paying attention to those because her skin and hair were completely white. You can tell from my profile pic I'm pea pale, but I mean white. No color at all. She had deep-set eyes that were dark brown, which I distinctly remember because she stared me dead in the eyes as we came around the corner, and seemed to either be wearing a dark lipstick or just had a dark reddish or purple mouth. She was standing directly under the street lamp and was holding something in her hand. I don't know what. Frankly, I didn't want to look. That she had been staring down at until we came into view and she looked up. Nobody said anything to her and we all just sort of silently power walked away until we got around the actual corner and all three of us at the same time basically went, what the heck was that? That was slightly censored because we have kids that listen. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Margaret. Ooh. Keep it clean, Margaret. Um, so yeah, IDK if Venice has vampires or ghouls or whatever, but if they do, then I think I saw one. Yeah, basically. That sounds so interview with a vampire. I'm uh, so here That's for pretty it. dope, and I love it. Two things. One, thank you, Margaret. That's a really enjoyable story, and you have, like, a really fun little writing style, so that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, two, I'm sorry, but when you're talking about, like, people with super pale skin and really dark mouths, the first thing that comes to my mind is never vampire and is always, instead, the little guy from Monsters, Inc. after he's been in the Scream Extractor. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know the guy I'm talking yes. about, right? Fungus, when he's like, oh, and his face is like completely drained of color and his lips are all weird. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's my mental image nine times out of ten, so. Oh, absolutely. All right, back to my, I have them in separate emails and I don't know why I did what? that. I have like one that's like where all my Twitter ones are and one okay, where all my okay. Facebook ones are. And then I have like just one that we, we were emailed exactly one that I just forwarded to myself. Cool. Um, 
Oh, oh, and one that I put in this one that we got from a Patreon DM. Ooh. This was from a listener named Corey, uh, and this is uh, from... Corey, Corey paid to send us this story. Yes, Corey paid to send us this story, and it was and it was Corey's friend's story. Oh man, so Corey, got, you're doing some great work out yeah. there, man. I've never seen a cryptid myself or witnessed paranormal phenomena myself, unless you count Donald Trump's election as being a paranormal phenomenon. Ooh, however, topical. <laughs> however, when I was going to high school in Colville, Washington, I did have a friend who saw a cryptid once. Sorry, it just told me how it's pronounced. Pronounced Calville. Sorry, I'll go back. However, when Fix I was it. going to high school in Calville, Washington, I did have a friend who saw. a cryptid once. So you can get the proper mental imagery for the location of this sighting. Calville is in northeastern Washington, which is much drier than western Washington and densely pine forested. When I was in high school, I was in a big habit of making jokes about Bigfoot and her being magic because of the infamous Mars Bigfoot photo. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the photo. I will show it to you. Uh, Corey has been kind enough to link us to it. Uh, the Mars Bigfoot photo. Please load. I need, I need Alex. Hold up to the microphone so everyone can see. Yes. Teeny little Bigfoot on Mars. Basically, really quick divergent. The story of a Sasquatch-shaped rock visible on Mars in a recent panorama from Spirit is getting a lot of play in mainstream media. Um... So it's it's like a little rock that looks like Bigfoot. Look at that. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Basically, I've seen every picture yeah. every space robot has ever sent home because I love them. But. I understand. So one day I was making one such joke in the presence of a friend of mine. He spoke up and told me how one day he was riding with his father down a forest service road when they both saw something. Rounding a corner in the road for a moment, they saw a bipedal hairy creature. It was right next to the road and towered over their vehicle as it was well over seven foot tall. My friend described its head as being a deer skull with antlers. What? Seeing it so close to their vehicle and very scared, they sped up to get away from the creature, and after completing the corner, they did not see it again. He told me that he and his father both agreed about what they had seen, and that he had been very afraid for the rest of the day and was still afraid sometimes while out in that part of the forest. As previously stated, I knew this person fairly well, and I don't think he was trying to pull my leg. I'm uncertain about what to make of this story, but it creeped me out for weeks as I generally disobey the good survival tip of don't go outside. <laughs> Same, Corey. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. I loved this one. This one sounds very like maybe Skinwalker, maybe wow. Wendigo. It was like, it's wild. I love it. It's been a long time since anyone's seen me in the woods. Oh, no. Um, look, we were going to so call I tell you about the time yeah. I tried to go hiking and I accidentally ended up on secret government property. <laughs> no? <laughs> well, I look for the one next one for you to read. I need you to, uh... uh that's pretty much it. No, like, I was, I was with a friend and we were going to go hiking up at Bear's Den. Mm-hmm. And Bear's Den's not, like, a big hike. I mean, it's, it's on the Appalachian Trail. It's, like, nice, but it's not particularly strenuous or anything. Mm-hmm. But it is difficult to find if you don't know where you're going, because if you look for the instructions to the trailhead on Google, it'll take you, like, it'll try to drive you up to the trail, which does not work, um, instead of taking you to, like, the access point, which is where you actually have to, like, go to this parking lot at the bottom of the mountain and then, like, walk up to the trail, which is what you would expect. But the first time I was going up there, um, with somebody who had not been up there yet, we, like, were just trying to follow the map, and we ended up driving all the way up to the top of the mountain, and, like, Google Maps was like, yeah, keep going, keep going, and we're like, (laughs) are you sure? So we keep driving up this, like, access road, and where we end up is definitely not Bear's Den. It is instead, like, the top of this mountain where, like, it becomes, like, this narrow road. We're talking, like, Hawkins, Indiana, like, yeah. weird government facility road. And we're, like, driving back. And then there are suddenly, like, all these really tall fences around us. But the road isn't wide enough to turn around. And so we have to keep going. And then eventually we <laughs> end up, like, in this area with, like, these big red crossbars. And it says, like, no trespassers <laughs> permitted, government property, like, secret, like, turn around. And there's, like, a little booth where there's, like, probably a 
guy with a gun and there's like these huge, huge fences. And so we were just oh. like, we need to go now. And so we just kind of turned around and like peeled out of there. But uh, yeah, it was wild. That's wild. We were a terrified. That's like your own personal almost sighting. I bet that's where they keep the aliens. It probably is where they keep the aliens. Side note, um, 2017 has been like a lot of weirdness, but did anybody else catch the part where the government admitted to aliens existing and we yeah. all just ignored it because we're too stressed? Where they were like, yeah, there's a UFO. Here's a video of They were it. like, there's UFOs. We're pretty sure aliens are a thing. And, and we've been NASA, keeping track guess of what? Them. And NASA's turning to astrobiology now. And we're all just like, NASA, shut up. We're trying to focus on important things. Yeah. Like, I'm choosing, I can't listen to you right now. I don't, I can't. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. This is too much. Just, like, stop, NASA, come back later. It's like that trope in, like, kids' TV shows of, like, the annoying younger sibling who's, like, trying to tell you something, mm. and, like, you're like, stop, NASA, and then, like, at the end of the episode, you find out they were trying to tell you the entire time, like, your room's on fire. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, ah, why didn't you say anything sooner, NASA? Yeah. Seriously. That's the thing, is any other year that would have been, like, all I talked about. Yeah. And... That says something about 2017. Yeah. So I have another Santa But this sighting. is 2018. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is the future. I'm having you do all the Santa ones that I have because <laughs> okay. you did the Santa episode. I, did I have a Santa, Santa sighting for you. This one's from Emma. All righty. Thank you, Emma. It's a little short one, but cool. it's a little festive Santa sighting. All right. And was this from Twitter or Facebook or? This was, I believe, from the Facebook uh, cool. group, actually. And now I'm not sure. It might have, if it. It might have been for Twitter. If someone's actual first name was included on their Twitter, then I've included it. But if it okay, was great. just a username, I didn't just because, again, I don't want to put people's usernames on here just in yeah, case sure. they don't want that. Okay. But. So this is Emma. I'm a few days late on this, but I just remembered a Santa sighting TM I had when I was a little girl. I was somewhere between three and five. I can't remember the exact age, but I remember it was before my brother was born. So about 13 years ago. My parents were reading me the night before Christmas when I looked outside. It was cloudy out, so there were no stars or anything visible, but I saw one red light through it all. I demanded my parents leave so I could be asleep when Santa came. <laughs> Emma's got priorities. I love Emma. Y'all need to get on it. I love Emma. <laughs> About an hour later, I woke up again, probably from my childhood sleep apnea, but I still woke up and all I could hear were bells and footsteps on my roof. I stayed awake just staring at my ceiling in anticipation and joy, but never got out of bed. As I got older, I realized the bells could have been one of my parents, and I did some mental calculations. <laughs> I did some mental calculations to make sure I wasn't hearing my brother's creation. It wasn't, thank God. That would have been scarring. So, the one thing I can't explain is the sounds on the roof. Is Santa the one putting presents under my tree? I'm not sure. But was he on my roof that night? He must have been. Yeah. So not so much a sighting as a hearing, but yes. Oh, that's Okay. It's pretty great. Thanks for catching me off guard there at the end, Emma. <laughs> I loved that. It was so good. Oh, I've got another. Oh, the next one was one I should have saved for you. I'll, I'll come back to it for you. Okay. Um, I have a longer one um, uh, that's pretty wild from uh, a listener named Kat. Cool. And this is uh, regarding a concerning a possible demonic entity. Okay. I've lived in this, I've lived in the same house all my life, though in three different bedrooms. It's only in the past two years that I've moved into the room occupied by this entity, though I've experienced the effects of it without realizing it was this all my life. The house is over a hundred years old, so it was no surprise that growing up I was used to ghosts. It is with utmost confidence that I say this presence is not a ghost. Allow me to explain my typical nightly experiences with it in a mental image turned towards. 
This is why it's longer. I love it. Um, you are a semi-functional young adult female relaxing in the living room after a long day of typing up short stories. And I wish. <laughs> I've never in my life committed to a full day of typing up short stories. You glance at the old clock above the TV, noticing it's well past 9 p.m., and you have a busy day tomorrow. You close your laptop, stretching as you stand, before you make your way to, the, to your room just down the hall. There, you crawl into the nest of pillows and blankets on your daybed, not bothering to change out of your sweatpants and tea. To do so, that would just mean even more laundry. You grab the moderately sized, bright pink stuffed alpaca that you own, cuddling her to your chest as you pull one of the many blankets over your curled up form. Sounds like me. Yeah. You yawn, closing your eyes, praying it doesn't happen tonight. Oh no. It does. Oh no. You feel the fear you can't explain creeping into your very soul, freezing you to the core. The black which is the inside of your eyelids changes right in front of where the closet door is. A shapeless mass of something darker than black forms, and you don't understand why, but it makes you afraid. Not afraid of anything in particular. Not afraid of any part of you. Not afraid for any part of you, just afraid. You aren't afraid of it, but this does cause, but it does cause this difficult to explain fear. You adjust yourself so the back of your head faces the closet, but it doesn't help. You simply no longer can see the mass. You try to ignore it for the next hour or so to get some rest, but the fear keeps you awake like the after effects of a nightmare might, only you know this is no nightmare. Finally, you can stand it no longer, escaping the nest of pillows and dashing out of the room. You likely woke someone else in the house in your panicked frenzy to get to the den off the kitchen, but you don't care. There's a couch in there, and the presence cannot follow you. You're safe there, and easily fall asleep once curling up. One day, you decide to cleanse the house with sage. You burn it, waving the smoke into every area of the house, and you can sleep in the room that night and the night after until approximately a month goes by. You notice during this time that the strange bruises dotting your legs no longer form. Then it returns. It seems to make you more afraid than ever, and you get the impression you made it angry. You flee once more to the safety of the den curling up on the couch, only it follows you. It does not enter the den, and you wonder why, but you can see it outside the doorway. It's the first time you slept fitfully in the den. When you awaken, you notice the small bruises which you never seem to be able to explain all over your legs and in places you could never knock against something in your sleep have returned. This is the entity which torments me. It seems tied to the house, which explains why it couldn't seem to enter the den, for the den was an add-on to the original structure. Mostly it stays in one place, fixated in front of the closet. I feel its presence in the fear it instills during the day, and though I cannot see anything beyond a dark mass, um, I know it exists, I know it's there. All the other ghosts haunting the house left with the first cleansing and have never come back. But this has. And it's driven me from my room and bed, gotten me tormented by people who can't grasp that there's something beyond our perception, and it only gets worse, I fear. I see it out of the corner of my eye, and I run to the place it cannot enter. The den, despite not being designed to live in, is now the place I dwell where I am safe. It's very troubling, actually. Um, It's really intense. Cat, are you okay? Possibly not. Like, that actually genuinely worries me. Like, it's it's really, like, atmospherically written, and I wanted to share it, but I also wanted to, like, quickly say, like... If you can move back into one of your old bedrooms, I would highly recommend it. This is actually, I also grabbed this one because this is very similar to, I I try to, I don't talk about it in a lot of depth because sometimes people will make fun of me about it, but I lived in a, in a building, um, the building I lived in at my old university was like, contained an entity that behaved a lot like this. The people who lived in the room that it occupied that would move out because they had experiences with it would see a dark, like, uh, Un, un, like, oh my gosh, I can't make words. Um, unrecognizable, like, dark mass at the foot of their bed and would wake up with strange bruises and would feel that just general sense of dread. And so it sounds extremely similar to something I didn't personally encounter but shared a living space with for about a year. And it, it's concerning to me. And actually, like, I'm reaching the point where no joke, this is not a joke. Like, if you know somebody who can, like, perform, like, a more in-depth cleansing of a space, I would talk to them. 
Sorry, I had to bring in something a little heavier because I wanted to give some advice. Yeah, no, okay, that's nuts. I was going to wait until we did, like, a ghost episode, but I actually have, um, so a little bit of backstory. When I was in high school, um, I was a precocious asshole and probably the kind of person that, like, anybody would hate to hang out with. Like, nobody's cool in high school. I'm sorry. If you're in high school, you're cool. But, like, if you're looking back on when you were in high school, like, you definitely weren't cool and you know it. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, but I was, in, in addition to being, like, one of those kids in my school, like, fostered this kind of climate anyway, where you, like, tested out of as many things as possible as early as you could and, like, took so many AP classes. Like, my high school was really academically intense, and mm. I was in that, that crowd of people. But um, the one year I literally, because I didn't want to take AP English 11 with the AP English 11 teacher that we had, mm-hmm. not only took the AP exam a year early, but then also tested out of English so I didn't have to take it that year. Mm-hmm. And instead what I did is I helped my favorite English teacher um, pioneer the curriculum for a course that he'd been wanting to teach for a while, which was Appalachian Studies. Yeah. Which is sort of where I got my start in, like, Appalachian folklore and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the origin story here for my half of the Cryptid Keeper. But part of what I did that year was I did this project where um, I knew that I had several teachers in the school and several people I knew that had personal ghost stories. For example, I had a history teacher who always every year told kids this ghost story of this cabin he had that was like crazy haunted and everybody knew this but I knew that there were like more experiences he hadn't told the class and I knew there were other teachers who had like seen it happen and a lot of crazy haunted places not only in my high school which was a really old building but also just like in the town itself um you know that like horrible trope about Native American burial grounds yeah the entire state of West Virginia is Native American burial grounds so it's like there's a lot um, but anyway, for one of my projects, I wanted to do, like, an oral history project. So I yeah. got my tape recorder, and I set up some interviews with very, like, a couple of different teachers in the school, specifically. Uh-huh. And I got some wild stuff. Like, wild. Um, so I, I collected some ghost stories from the guy with the haunted cabin, and those were really cool. And then another teacher who was, like, a close friend of his who had, like, gone out and seen the cabin, because she was like, dude, you gotta show me your haunted cabin. And he was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, You can come, like, spend the weekend here. Like, it's fine, but, like, it's crazy haunted, and it is. It's nuts. Um, And, but one of the teachers I talked to was a teacher who had been there for quite some time, and he worked specifically with students with, like, specific behavioral disciplinary obstacles. Yeah. And... There was one story he told me that was freaky about a student that he is positive was, like, demonically possessed. Oh. Um, and it was buck wild. <laughs> so, I mean, I have the tapes still. I actually found them the day when I was cleaning my room. And I need some way to convert them. You have the tapes? Um, I have the tapes. Okay. And I ha- I need some way to convert them. Um, yeah. That might be cool, like, bonus content yeah, or something. Yeah, there's, there's definitely, like... I mean, you'd probably, like, have to ask, like, probably an audio engineer friend. I bet we know some. I'm sure we know somebody. Oh, we do. Technology. And there are ways to do it. I just haven't, like, I don't have the machine to do yeah. it myself. We do um, not have the technology. But I, but I have the tapes. Um, and they're wild. So there there was, like, that story of, like, a kid who he is positive. And this is, like, not a guy who was going to write off anything um, as being, like, oh, that's demons. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. his career was working with people who had, like, behavioral obstacles. But this particular instance, he's like, yeah, the, there was something going on in it. it terrified me every time this kid stepped into the classroom. There was another story, which was, um, while I was in high school, our rival high school on the other side of town got a new building, and this new building was, like, built from the ground up. how dare they? How dare they? And this new building was built from the ground up on this old, empty lot that was extremely haunted. And some of the things that went on in this new building before they were even able to get the students in there, like, probably should have kept them from ever filling this school with students. But there's this one story... That was about one of the classrooms, because I spoke to somebody who was, like, a janitor there for a while. Yeah. And 
before the building was occupied, when they were, like, getting ready to put things in, um, this guy says he was, like, cleaning and doing some stuff in there, and there was one time that, you know the fire emergency doors yeah. that are designed to, like, close really slowly so they create an airlock? One of them slammed shut behind <gasps> <No>. him. <laughs> yeah. Like, slammed. Oh, um, Which is no. buck wild. There's another time, apparently, there was a teacher in one of the classrooms there that was, like, very... Um, I, I like uh, somewhat religious, and there was and uh, like had been complaining of like some sort of like weird activity in her classroom, and thought originally that it was like students messing with their stuff after like the end of the day, yeah. right? But this janitor went went in there one time, and like everything in the room was like scattered. Like her, she had like a vial of a holy water in the room that was like standing on its top. Like, had been flipped over and was balancing some... Like, it is so creepy. Like, the stories that I have are so bananas wild. Um, Alex! Yeah, no. I mean, it didn't happen to me. I know, I'm just thinking, have but... you been sitting on this all this time and never told I me? told you. I was going to wait for the ghost episode. Oh, I'm so um, sorry. No, it's okay. This is, like, really interesting. But point of this story is, Kat, please get some help. <laughs> yes, please. Please, please, please. And also, like, um, it could be a combination of other factors as well. Like, uh, if there's a presence in the house, like, what it... It might not be, like, physically manifesting. I know a lot of people have struggles that, that are pretty sure they live in haunted buildings have struggles with sleep paralysis, which can manifest mm-hmm, in some yeah. of these ways. And just, like, but, like, do whatever you got to do. If the sage cleansing on your own didn't work, do whatever else you got to do. Um, and thank you for sharing with us because, like, and, and it's – and part of the reason I grabbed that one and, like, immediately was, like, got to talk about this is because I didn't have personal encounters with it. But we had an entity in a building where I lived that we nicknamed the butler that m- would manifest this way with people and drove multiple, like, young women out of that room. Yeah. We aren't experts. We can't, like, give you, you know, advice on how to get rid of a demonic I'm entity. I'm not a ghostbuster per se. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this isn't our domain of expertise. And so, like, our, we – our advice should never be followed. Yeah. Not true. But – uh, we, I'm not going to tell you, like, what to do in this situation, because that is a lot. Yeah. But there are people out there who do specialize in this sort of thing, and I would recommend checking it out. Me too. And also, but, and also, like, yeah, thank you for sharing, and, like, we are here, we, we hear you, and, uh, I stay safe out there. That's, <laughs> I, I don't have any better advice than that, but I just, yeah, that one was specifically jumped out to me, because I was like, that sounds so similar to stuff people yeah, would say wild. about the building where I used to live. Um, so I have, this is, this is little, this is from, comes to us from Daniel. You keep me the little ones. Oh, I just, right. well, this one was relevant okay. to your interest. Yeah, no, I love this one. That's why I gave you this one. I'll give you all a right, long all one right, next, All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, I'm ready. I'll give you a long one next. This okay. is from Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. I have a quick hellhound-adjacent story that was told to me by my dad. This story was said to have happened to my grandma. When my grandma lived in Puerto Rico, apparently she was walking home from her work and noticed a dog following her. It was a small dog, so she didn't give it much thought. Stray dogs are a common sight in Puerto Rico. So she keeps walking, but each time she turns back, it keeps getting bigger (laughs) since the last time she looked. So this dog starts off as a small dog, and as she walks, it eventually reaches the size of a large German shepherd. Okay, I'm sorry, Daniel. Your grandmother found the perfect dog. (laughs) This is not, like, no. Your grandmother just found the perfect dog. I want this dog. Um, I've never heard the dog itself described, so sadly, I don't have any idea what it actually looked like. Anyway, at this point, my grandmother is, uh, quote-unquote, understandably freaking out. Alex! (laughs) So she is trying to get home as fast as she can. On her way home, she passes a graveyard, and then the dog just disappears. 
that's pretty much the whole story. Sorry if it's anticlimactic, but it's my family's go-to spooky story. Hope you enjoyed it. Keep being awesome. Thanks. You too, Daniel. Daniel you keep too. being awesome. If your family finds any more of those dogs, <laughs> let me know. I want 12. Alex, you gotta go to Puerto Rico. That's where they have them. That's where they have them. I'm gonna go get a magical Puerto Rican ghost dog. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, let me see. I'm gonna scroll. I, I, when I got out of order because I sent, uh, wanted you to read, I wanted you to read the Hellhound one because it was relevant to your interests. <laughs> um, because I was like, this is this is Alex adjacent, isn't it? It is. It truly, really is. Okay, this is from a Twitter uh, Twitter user that uh, didn't have like their like I believe their given name in their username or like didn't include a first name. So I'm just gonna read this the thing as is. And if you from recognize your story, from at Poe Dameron fan twelve eighty yeah. three, <laughs> yeah, that's me. One of your dummy <laughs> accounts. No, um, so if you hear it uh, and it's your story and you want your name included, I will go back and add it to the show notes. Uh, I just, own all the dummy accounts yeah. that are Poe Dameron fan twelve eighty one through thirteen fifty nine. Amazing, <laughs> you've just blown up your own spot though. <laughs> all right, so. When my older brother, when my other older brother is what this actually says, so I don't know. If, um, oh, uh, but when my older brother was in high school, he was driving around with some friends and they went to a local spot that many claim is haunted. It is called Workman's Chapel, an Ooh. old abandoned chapel and adjoining graveyard. Teenagers and college kids often go there trying to have paranormal experiences. I myself have never experienced anything. I don't know why I stopped. <laughs> I myself this. have never experienced anything. I read this, like, I don't know what my brain told me there was a period there. There's not. I myself have never experienced anything, but my brother did. As he told it, he was with three friends, and as they approached the chapel, one of them started to feel ill. They wandered around the graveyard, goofing around, but then saw an orange ball of light hovering in midair outside, what? inside the chapel. As they tried to get a closer look, they brushed against a headstone, and it fell over even though they barely touched it. At this point, the one who had already been feeling ill who doubled over in pain. They tried to pick up the fallen headstone, but it was too heavy to lift. Then they saw that the last name on the headstone was the same as the last name of the friend who was feeling sick. Ah! They, <laughs> they immediately fled, and their friend started feeling better. My brother got home and woke me up to tell me about it. I was about 12 at the time. Whoa! That is wild. That's nuts. I love it. That is wild. Anyway, sorry. I'm like, I loved Alex in your face. You went like, <gasps> like it was good. Oh, I <laughs> so that is so cool. I love One time that. when, um, when I was in my first, uh, okay. So I'm, I'm sorry. I wish this weren't turning into so many like personal No, I love it. It's a fun combination. But, um, Story one of the time. things that I did in college was I was for a couple of years, a freshman mentor, which my school meant that I was sort of like a teacher assistant slash paid best friend slash, I guess, like, personal life coach uh -huh. for uh, for freshmen and incoming students in one of the specific freshman seminar classes. And the way that our school did it, because we went to, like, a liberal arts school with a lot of money and a big focus on, like, world topics, um, our university president is amazing. She has, like, a huge focus on international education and et cetera, et cetera. But the course that I was working with was traditional music and sense of place from Appalachia to Nepal. And so naturally, uh, I was involved with this course, but we did a lot of like exploration of like Virginia culture and like Appalachian culture in general. But one of the things we did is like adjacent to our campus through the history department is this like place called Abrams Delight, which is like a oh. couple of old cabins and, you know, some old like Red old sky at night, Abrams Delight. That is not even close <laughs> to a thing. Anyway, but we went into one of the cabins mm -hmm. and we went down in the basement and I remember yes. like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. No. You're looking at me like, why have I never heard this story? This isn't really about anything. But okay. We were down in the basement and on the wooden beams, there was like some stuff carved in it, right? Like, you know, as you do, natch. But one of the kids in my class, like, 
turned and looked at me with this expression on his face. And I was like, like, I didn't, it took me a second to process. And what he was showing me was his last name was carved on one of the beams. I love that. And it wasn't like a super. I was going to say, is it a super common? No, like, it's not, not like, like a, a Smith. It's no, like it was a last name I'd never heard before. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay, that's, I was going to say, like, it's a cool story no matter what, but if his last name is like Johnson, then that's <laughs> yeah, no, not like as. Smith. Yeah. Abrams. Yeah. Like, that's not weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. But it's, if it's a, I've got a, like, a slightly longer one for you. For some uh, reason, no, because I copy and pasted the entire thing from a Twitter DM, it, like, formatted it really weird in my oh, email. Man. But, so that's just a fun present to you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so sorry that I'm bad at pronouncing this name. I would say it's Chris Shell. Yeah, it looks like Chris Shell. Yeah. Um, so this is a Chris Shell sighting uh, right, for you Chris to read. Shell, this one's a longer see. one for you since you want a longer one. I do. Thank you. Okay. I hope you're still accepting personal encounters. We are. Yeah. I'm a little uncertain about sending this in because I have no proof that it was something paranormal, but I also don't have proof that it wasn't, which is the definition of the cryptid. <laughs> so you're the good, Chris of our show. Yeah. And the experience has been haunting me for over a decade. For a long time, I wondered if what I saw was a ghost, but while listening to your Black Eyed Children episode recently, the whole experience came rushing back to me in the worst way, and I was shocked by some of the similarities. Now, this is really cool, because I don't think we've gotten a Black Eyed Children story before. I know. I was stoked about this one. In fifth grade, I attended an all-girls overnight science camp. Oh, that's so badass. Up in the it. up in the mountains. Chriselle, you're the coolest person I've ever met. Um, where we learned applied geometry, robotics, and stuff like that. I'm sorry, this is so cool. Um, that that's that's all the story I, I didn't even hear. do it I on purpose. That. I didn't even give you that one on purpose. I just should have I should have thought that you would have loved that one. You should have known that I would have loved my new best friend, Chriselle. <laughs> well, okay, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to the podcast, new co-host, Chriselle. Okay, you're canceled. <laughs> um, this is canceled. You've replaced me, and I don't approve of it. Uh, we're done. No, all right. Um, up in the mountains where we learned applied geometry, robotics, and stuff like that. On the first night, we did get-to-know-each-other activities in our cabins while sitting in a circle on the floor. At one point, I looked up and saw a figure looking in through the window by the door. At the time, I read the figure as a woman. It wore a thick orange and white coat with the hood pulled down over its eyes, and its skin seemed ashen with a grayish or bluish overtone. Because the style of coat seemed familiar, I assumed that the figure was one of the camp directors making rounds and checking on all the cabins. I was a little startled, but didn't let it bother me immediately. That is, until I remembered that I was sharing a cabin with both camp directors, who were, at that moment, leading the activity we were doing. I double-checked, and sure enough, both camp directors were sitting mere feet away from me while this figure stood at the window. I was immediately seized with terror and dread. I kept looking at the window to be sure I was really seeing what I was seeing, but within a couple minutes, the figure, whoever they were, disappeared. Relieved but shaken, I didn't say anything to the other people in the room and managed to go to sleep like nothing had happened that night. A few hours later, I was awakened by the light in the bathroom and the sound of crying. One of my classmates and her little sister were talking in the bathroom while my classmate was desperately trying to calm her sister down. The little sister had woken up to see a figure wearing a coat with a hood pulled over its face, staring down at her through the window facing her bed. When it saw that she was awake, it grinned and tapped on the window. Oh my god, that's so creepy. She immediately started crying and ran to the bathroom to hide until her sister and then myself came to try to comfort her. She kept saying something about the figure's eyes, but she was so worked up that she kept switching between Spanish and English, and I was so scared that I couldn't understand what she was saying anyway. Her sister told me she was going on and on about the person having black eyes. 
Eventually, our commotion woke the camp directors and they made us go back to bed while trying to assure us that whatever we had seen was either another person using the campgrounds or a ranger. Myself and my classmate's sister were adamant that we had seen something sinister. The next day, nearly every one of the six cabins of girls attending this camp had a similar story of a hooded figure looking in their windows and knocking. One girl said that she made eye contact with the thing and that it had weird dark eyes and knocked a few times on the window. She was paralyzed with fear, but when the figure walked away, she watched it go to stand under the light in the center of the group of cabins and look around there for a moment before it disappearing altogether. All of our counselors told us it was nothing to be afraid of, but I did hear one of the counselors admit to one of her friends that she had seen something too, and that it had terrified her, but she was lying to her campers so they wouldn't freak out. When she realized some of us had heard her, she took it all back and insisted she was joking. I personally spent the rest of the camp carefully looking at everyone's jackets, whether they were part of our group or not, but I never saw anyone wearing one that even kind of resembled the one that the figure in the window was wearing. I've been trying to figure out what to make of this whole experience ever since. I tried believing it was just someone at the campgrounds creeping on us, though honestly that thought isn't much better, but I simply cannot shake the feeling that whatever visited us, uh, visited us that night was otherworldly and dangerous. Amazing, right? Yeah, that's so wild. It's so wild. Also, it's like my worst fear. I never did a true blue like sleepaway camp, but we did do a thing um, when I was in seventh grade. We did a trip uh, that was like a little like like school like camping it was like a school like it wasn't the i've talked about the the nature thing we did where we learned like survival skills it was not that it was like another thing um that was like a school like camping trip thing that we were in cabins we were on like campgrounds in cabins and we did like kind of traditional like summer camp type type activities we did like canoeing and stuff like that and the daytime stuff was great but i always hated sleeping in those cabins because you could hear every noise outside Mm -hmm. and and i was a very anxious child and also a child who grew up reading a lot of scary stories so i was Every I would never sleep the entire weekend. I would literally just spend the whole night staring at the ceiling, listening to every single noise outside the cabin going like, and every time I would hear <laughs> footsteps, I would be like, <gasps> and it was almost always just someone walking to the bathroom, but yeah. like, I would, ne- but, but I wouldn't Oh, look. you slept in a cabin with a bathroom. No, no, no. There was a bathroom. <laughs> no, I mean, someone walking outside going to the bathroom. Uh, but the thing that, like, the thing is that I would never, ever, 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 and even to this day, I don't look out windows at night if I think I hear something because I don't want to see something looking at me. So Fair, yeah. that's my worst nightmare. Oh, my God. Like, particularly because I had that childhood experience of, like, hearing footsteps by the cabin and knowing it was probably just someone walking to go to, like, the outhouse thing, but, like, not wanting to look because I was scared I would see something like that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was so scree- so creepy. That's not what I wanted. Creepy. <laughs> Scary and creepy. Hashtag creepy. <laughs> hashtag creepy. Oh, help. Words are 2018, hard. we're coming for you. New hashtags. New branding. Tell your friends. <laughs> hashtag creepy. Hashtag creepy. I think we're approaching the end of the car- my carefully curated <laughs> listener experiences. If there's one that somehow slipped through the cracks, by the way, I spent a lot of time last night like going through old like Twitter DMs and messages and stuff. But if something of yours slipped through the cracks, please resend it to us and I'll make sure it makes it into the next one of these that we do. Uh, just because I'm worried that something even though i'm pretty sure i found everything i'm worried some stuff might have slipped through the cracks so like if you've got some stuff let me know and this is another one from a this is one i found from a twitter user um that i i pulled that i had to send myself in an email because i found it late and i don't know why but um uh, and then i have two more that are in my actual facebook messages this is a cool one this is different from some of the others we have this Mm -hmm. was emailed to us um, and so they didn't give us their name, so I'm not gonna say their name because I don't want to, again, put their email address out there. Right, fair. But, um, I will just say this is from an Italian listener of ours. Um, so here, uh, I will 
um, read this. This is yeah. uh, for a minute. I forgot which person was reading. Okay. So this is, so I heard on the podcast that you guys were thinking about making an episode with listeners' stories. So I said to myself, why not? If there's someone that could be interested in my story, it would probably be you guys. I'm going, to, I'm going to apologize for my crappy English since I'm Italian and I'm going to try and make this short. No need to apologize. You are perfect. This is great. Never change. Never change. At the time I was 10 going 11, uh, going on 11. And this was probably why most people didn't want to hear what I had to say in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one listens to kids. People don't take kids seriously. It bothers me. And yes, sometimes children make things up because sometimes children are liars, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I was on vacation with my family, and we were doing, I guess you would call a short cruise, a couple of days going around the Mediterranean Sea. It was one of the last days, and my mom left me just for a couple of minutes to get something at the bar. I was left to watch the sea at the ship's parapet, and rethinking about it, it doesn't really sound like a smart idea since I was clumsy AF, but okay. (laughs) I don't remember what was happening on the ship at that very moment, but I remember that there weren't many people, and the ship was going quite slow. I guess we were near land. So, there little old me watching the sea, when suddenly something pops out of the water. It looked humanoid, but definitely not human. Only the head and some of the shoulders were out of the water, but I was sure it wasn't human. The skin was scaly and gray, like a a fish. Head was hairless. I couldn't really look at details from my point of view, but its eyes looked black. It looked at me without expression, and in moments went down in the water, revealing the tail of a fish. Uh Mind you, this was in seconds of real time. I don't know what I saw. I never liked the sea, and I never liked the beach. I honestly think that anything could be hiding under the surface of the water, so I firmly believe what I saw wasn't just a creation of a bored ten-year-old, but actually something true. I never really talk about this since no one would believe me, but to this day, I still see that thing in my head. Well, I guess that's my story then. Do what you want with it. Do do what you want with it. Honestly, I don't even know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I love that one. That sounds like like classic mermaid or yeah, something. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I'm so here for it. I like that ocean sighting. But um, I wanted that was like the only one we got direct to our inbox. That was the one I forwarded to myself. Um, and so that one made me really happy. And then um, I have really quickly one I got in my DMs that I'm going to share to write one just up. But before that, we got one more in our. We got one that was in. I left it. I didn't email it to myself because we got it as a comment on the Facebook page. But I just wanted to share it. Let me pull it up real all quick. All right, all right, all right. Love it. We've had a cool mix of them, too. Like, I'm really happy they weren't all just, like, I saw a ghost. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> or I saw the Bigfoot. Like, they're all really neat ones. This one's a story uh, about... This one's a story about a dog. So I've got a story about a dog for you. I've actually got... Oh, I've actually got two more. So actually, if you would do me a favor and read the two that I have left from the Facebook group so do I can end because I have, to, I have to end on the one I got in my yeah, hands sure. because it's relevant to my interests. So we've got one from Ariel first and then one from Aiden. Okay, great. So those were the two. I posted, I made a little like post last night that was basically like last call for stories to be in this episode. Excellent. If you have a story you're burning to share. Alrighty. So first here we have Ariel's story. Thank you, Ariel. We lived in a house in which you never felt alone. That's such a good opening line. I know that sounds like the opening to like a Shirley Jackson story. I'm done, Ariel. Okay. Sorry. We lived in a house in which you never felt alone. The weirdest things happened in the master bathroom. When my sister was younger, she woke up and saw death looking at her from the bathroom. (laughs) I know, that's dark. I'm imagining they mean like a Grim Reaper style. No, that's exactly what I took it to mean, but it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah, like a hooded Grim Reaper style figure. All right. That bathroom scared me so much, I never slept with it open and just left it closed at all times. Still keep all my bathroom doors closed. Can't sleep when one is open. My experience in that house was so random and small, but just was never explained because there was nothing to explain. I was watching TV in my room with my siblings in the living room and my mom on the phone outside on the porch. 
This was when I left the door open. It was dark out, I remember. As I was watching TV, I heard a drawer open. I turn my head towards the bathroom and I hear it slam shut. I take a few seconds and just run every scenario through my mind of which it could be. I then decide to sprint and hurdle to the porch shouting, mom, mom, and explain to her what happened. Nothing else happened like that again, aside from the time when me and my sister were talking about that house while she was cooking dinner. She left the kitchen and the kitchen spoon and spatula fly towards the kitchen table, kitchen table from the stove. Yeah, what? And then this one, this is relevant to your interests as well. Uh, absolutely. Did you did you read ahead and see what it is? No, I saw it earlier. Oh, okay. It is, in the, it is in the Facebook group where oh, yeah, we both no, it reside. Is. I know, but I wasn't uh, sure if you'd seen it. <laughs> no, I, I actually this one I did. Uh, so this is from Aiden in Edinburgh. There's the famous story of Grave. No, Edinburgh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in Edinburgh. In Edinburgh. People are going to send us angry messages. In Edinburgh. <laughs> Scots are going to send us angry messages. They don't like it when I do the accent, so I'm reading it as American as I possibly can. I'm applying can. to the University of Edinburgh. They're not going to let me in. Yeah, you're right. They're going to keep her out. They're not going to keep you out. Going to keep her out. They're not going to let Everyone keep Edison out. <laughs> they're not going to let me in because uh, they're going to hear this. Hashtag screepy. <laughs> um, no, I was giving you a chance to correct me and show how much you care about the University of... Edinburgh. Edinburgh. <laughs> okay. Madam. <laughs> Can me, I go on? Give me the dog story. Yeah. In Edinburgh, there's the famous story of Greyfriars Bobby, but slightly nearer where I live, there's another dog that did essentially the same thing, pined away waiting for his master to come back from war. Oh, no. Why'd you make me read this with my own two face eyes? <laughs> the dog would go down on the beach every night and look out to sea. And at the moment his master died, he began howling and then died soon after. Even today, people supposedly see the ghost of a dog wandering around Hound Point at night. And apparently, if the ghost howls, it means one of the current surviving members of his master's family is about to fall ill or die. Also, in terms of local Edinburgh folklore, the Mackenzie poltergeist in Greyfriars Kirkyard is worth looking into. But to be honest, it's the non-paranormal part of the story that I find scariest. I'd rather take on a ghost than fall through the floor of that tomb like the poor guy did in, like, 1996, which started all the hauntings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a dog banshee. It is a dog banshee. I like it a lot. I'm sorry that it starts sad, but also you could go to him. Go to him. I will save the ghost boy. <laughs> go to him. Give him pets. Ah, uh, good boy. Scratch him behind his ghost ears. I will! <laughs> I know. Um, I've got one more that was sent to me in my personal DMs uh, by both a listener and actually a actual uh real life friend of mine uh becca um a real friend yeah like a person i know outside of through the show um this is from my friend becca and uh they gave me permission to use their name and the story on here uh and i am pretty stoked this is a longer one um this is um my mom and i are like 70 percent certain we encountered a sasquatch on a hike in sedona what? arizona here we go i think this is our only bigfoot story for today and All i'm right, let's pretty stoked it. about it we had been hiking for about an hour into a canyon and we hadn't seen any other people or any fresh footprints for a long while we started getting to an area that was sort of on a slope and there were a bunch of trees when i heard a twig snap like some like someone stepped on it i immediately go into fight or flight mode and i don't and I just don't turn around or say anything, and I just keep walking. My mom was behind me at this point. A couple minutes later, I turn to my mom and say, what was that? She knew immediately what I was referring to and muttered something about it was probably just some guy in the bushes. I pointed out to her that there were no fresh prints anywhere, and if it was a person, why didn't they say anything? My mom didn't have any answers and just seemed like she was trying to make excuses in her mind to calm herself down. 
At this point, I started to get hysterical. I was convinced it was a serial killer and we were being led into the canyon to get murdered. Oh, no. I begged my mom to turn around and go back to our car. She said, but if we turn around, we'll have to pass by whatever that was again. I didn't care. I just needed to get out of there. So we headed back in dead silence. We passed through the same area, and there were no people or footprints, and nothing seemed off or weird. Once we were inside of the parking lot about an hour later, I turned to my mom and said, Okay, what do you really think that was? Turns out, my mom turned to look at it. She saw a very tall figure, completely black like a shadow, walking upright Mm -hmm. like a human, arms swinging and everything, and it was taking steps away from us up the slope. As soon as we got back to our hotel, I started looking into it, and apparently, northern Arizona is a pretty poppin' spot for Sasquatch sightings. What? I even reached out to a friend of mine whose father is Matt Moneymaker from the show Finding Bigfoot, and told him my story. He said that sounded like a typical Sasquatch sighting and told me I should be excited I got to witness something people spend their whole lives searching for. I'll never forget the fear I felt in that moment, though. Definitely the most immediate terror that's ever gone through me. Uh, Okay, so two things. First of all, amazing. Mm -hmm. Second of all, I'm so sorry, but I have to tell this horrible joke because I thought of it so many times while you were talking. Um, Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Are you ready for this bad joke? Yep, give me. How do you track Will Smith in the wild? How do you track Will Smith in the wild? You look for fresh prints. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> oh, it's really good. Oh, no, it's okay. It's really good. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. That's a really cool yes, Sasquatch Yes, that's thing. the one. Yeah, so I wanted to wrap up with something relevant to my personal interest. It sounds like a really scary story in the moment, but at the very least, like, the good thing about it is, like, knowing that, um, like, that mom was, like, it was walking away from us. So it's not, uh-huh. like, it's not like the Sasquatch was trying to bore them any ill will. It was just like, bye, um, <laughs> and headed out. But yeah, no, that's wild. Also, I'm more scared of you than you are of them. Also, I really want to go to Sedona, Arizona, like, um... One, because it rhymes. No, but actually... Sedona, Arizona sounds like it should be the name of an indie band. I've seen pictures, and it's just it just looks incredible. And also, there's so much wild, like, stuff out there. There's so many, like, amazing, like, stories. There's, like, the... You hate the wild. Not that kind of wild. You know what <laughs> uh, I mean? Okay. There's, like... There's, like, um... Like, first of all, there's all the Bigfoot stuff. Um, and then there's... Well, there's no woods there, so it's safe. No, um... And then there's also, like, That's um, 100% not how that works. There's also, like, a an area where, like, you're... Like, there's, like, a weird, like, magnetic field, and if you have a compass, it'll, like, go wild and start spinning. I want to go! Anyway, um, that's not relevant. That's the last of the listener stories that I had gathered. I curated a lot of them, and again, if something slipped through the cracks uh, that you think, uh, that you sent to us that I must have missed, please send it to our email. Um, reminder that it is cryptkeeppod, C-R-Y-P-T-K-E-E-P-P-O-D, or you can DM us on Twitter um, or post it in the Facebook group. And I would love to do another one of these at some point, just, like, spread them out, obviously, not, like, back-to-back-to-back. But um, I love... I listen to some shows that do episodes kind of like this with, like, hometown stories and personal stories like that, and they always... I love them. They're some of my favorites, so I thought you guys might, too. Thanks for sticking with us through the weird and wild year that 2017 has been. We oh appreciate gosh, it. Yeah. Um, and it's been not quite a year for us, but almost. We're coming up on it. And We're coming up on it. Yeah, and we really appreciate... Every single one of you, you guys that have, like, stuck with it from the beginning, or you guys who, like, just came in recently and binged the entire thing, or if this is your very first episode, we appreciate you, too. So thanks so much for tuning in. Seriously. And I hope that, and again, I hope, like, I think you've said in the previous episode, I hope that this isn't something I say and then you're going to hear, like, midway through 2018 and be like, yeah, this is a dumpster fire, but I really hope 2018 is is good to all of you. Um I think it's going to be a good year, and I hope that me saying that doesn't make it that This year is going to be the year that they're going to throw a bat to you. On that note, Oasis is going to sue you. Um, that, I know. I used less than 30 seconds. 
It was parody, fair use. Um, well, <laughs> no, it was basically singing Wonderwall. I, parody, fair use. That's also a parody I, of itself. I changed a, a word. It's a parody of itself. Um, um, anyway, I really hope you have a happy new year. And um, uh, in 2018, I hope we can keep you around. We I have a bang encrypted for you guys next week. I'm already so excited. Oh, man, I'm excited. <laughs> I know nothing. I'm pretty stoked. Um, so as always, we hope we can keep you around. And in this next new year, as in every other year, stay safe out there.